Welcome back to Entertainment Talk. Today I'm here to do another rankings list. This is for the top 10 best Marvel and DC TV shows. So not uh, MCU specific, not pre-MCU specific, not Arrowverse specific. You get the idea. Just general Marvel and DC TV shows. I'm your host Matthew. And uh, yeah, we've got a top 10 which we're going to crack into in just a second. But I do have an honourable mention. Didn't quite put this at 11th place, because if you do a top 10 list and you have other entries, those are honourable mentions. So my honourable mention is going to be Supergirl. Now Supergirl had a very poorly done finale. But there are a couple of seasons in there. Mainly season 4. I think seasons 4 and 5, because it finished with 6 seasons. The sort of era of Lena Luthor, played by uh, Katie McGrath, and John Cryer as Lex Luthor. When those, t- when one or both of those characters were on screen and they were going up against Supergirl, that was probably Supergirl's best run, other than season one, which is a bit of a different era for the show itself, because you had Cat uh, Grant, and that was all really good as well. So season 2 had a little bit of a drop off. Season 2 did did introduce us of course to Superman. Uh, the Tyler Hecklin version that we know today. Uh, season 3 I think is one of the worst seasons of. Or the, the worst season of Supergirl. Uh, it was just a bit of a mess. The season 6 finale was not very good. Season 6 pre that was decent. But from my memory season 4 and 5 with the Lex Luthor. Lena Luthor stuff. That was probably one of the best eras of the show. But um, it doesn't quite earn a spot in the top 10. It's still got too many problems. It still makes Supergirl far too weak in certain parts of the show. Um, like unnecessarily. Just so that you can fight back against the hero. And they can have a weakness or whatever. But it, it, it wasn't good. Um, and that finale was very very bad. But for its good parts I feel it deserves at least an honourable mention uh, and of course you had Melissa Benoist um a very 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 good supergirl she her, her supergirl was one of the highlights of the show so there we go um all right cracking into the actual top 10 uh got superman and lois which is the of course uh show that was kind of created from supergirl because of course Tyler Hecklin superman although he's a bit different he's still the same character played by the same person um his Superman was, of course, introduced in the second season of Supergirl, because season one had him sending Kara texts and things like that, which was, it was fine for what they were doing, but it was sort of limited until season two came around. I do feel there's been a small drop-off in season two. A small one. But a noticeable one. Um, I've still very much enjoyed the second season, but I just don't feel like it's that really strong show that we got in season one. Um, I think it's already been renewed for a third season. Of course, the CW is going through a bit of a bit of a time at the moment. They did cancel, of course, a few DC shows recently with Naomi. Uh, they cancelled three, didn't they? Naomi, Batwoman, and uh, Legends. So hopefully, Superman Lois will be all right. Um, but yeah, very very good show. Really really good version of Superman. You know, Tyler Hecklin. You've got Elizabeth. Can't remember her surname. Um, as Lois, she's very very good as well. Um, it's a, it's a really, really great show, it's a really, really great show, but just had a bit of a small drop-off so far in season two, there's still a few episodes left, but that's been very good. 
and uh, so my number 10 and my number 9 here I can I can really swap them around on any day because they've had almost the same amount of seasons um, and are kind of similar in certain ways um, although my number 9 show is a bit more similar to Supergirl arguably uh, that's Stargirl um, which was of course was created on the DC Universe platform which died a slow and painful death um, and then now it's a CW show really really good you know you've got Breck Brassinger, I think her name is, uh, in the lead role as Stargirl. Uh, she's really, really good. It's a very fun, you know, it's a it's a bit in the same spirit, the same fun spirit as, like, your Flash and your sort of Supergirl type shows. Not quite the sort of silly weirdness of Legends, not that kind of tone. Um, has its little has its little moments now and again, but Leg- Legends of Tomorrow is a very particular brand of wacky slapstick comedy at times. Um, but in that sort of fun, family-friendly spirit, like your Flash, like your Supergirl, Superman and Lois can do that as well, but it, that's a little bit more of a of a serious tone, uh, a little bit more of a prestige tone as well. But nope, Stargirl's a really great show. It did take me a little bit longer to get through the final part of the second season, like the last few, few episodes. That wasn't necessarily because of a drop-off in quality. That was because I just fell behind a bit. But I have seen both the two seasons. It's got a third season coming up. Hopefully that gets renewed as well, because that's a great show. Number eight, switching over to some Marvel shows, I've got Jessica Jones. Um, it's a really good show. It's a really, really good show. Kristen Ritter in the main role. Of course, you've got appearances from other characters. I think Luke Cage is in a few episodes as well. Uh, I believe he has quite a notable scene with Jessica Jones at some point. Uh, so that's really, really good. Um, did get sort of cancelled after the three seasons. Of course, you know, um, Marvel felt they had to separate themselves from Netflix and cancel every single one of their shows. We know that Daredevil is coming back. We don't know in specifically which way, shape, or form. Um, but while you're at it, you know, um, you've got, of course, the lawyer here. Uh, or, the, or the PI, I think she is, isn't she? Private investigator with uh, Jessica Jones. Um, but great to see her back. There are a couple of rumours out there that she might be in She-Hulk. Don't know if that's true. Of course, anybody, any, anybody can make up any old rumour and stick it on the internet. But it's one that makes a little bit more sense. Um, but uh, no, it's a really, really good show. Um, some pretty good like, action and stuff in there. And uh, that can tend to get a little dark at points. But it's uh, still a great show. And I would love for that to come back at one point. Or not even necessarily the show to come back. But Kristen Ritter's uh, Jessica Jones to come back at some point. But of course, it's... it's returning TV show of season 4 would be brilliant as well number 7 is uh, Hawkeye um, got our introduction to Hayley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop which was brilliant um, I love the balance between the two of them between uh, Clint Barton uh, usually I can't remember his name but it's Clint Barton isn't it as uh, Hawkeye and of course you've got Kate Bishop as well um, also had a few returning appearances from other characters as well that I won't spoil. Uh, of course you had, um, is it Yelena? Um, Natasha's sister, I think her name's Yelena, isn't it? F- Florence Pugh's character, Yelena, uh, Romanoff. I'm sure that's her name. Am I misremembering that? Uh, she kind of came back for a particular plot line. You had the introduction of Echo, who's getting her own show. And, uh, it was one of Marvel's good, um... Sort of you know, the more grounded level spy thrillery sort of espionage type stuff, a bit like your sort of Captain America, um, Winter Soldier type stories, and in the in your uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, that that sort of grounded version of the stories that they tell, which they're still very good at doing 
which is important as well. But that's a really, really great show. So that's number seven. Here's a curveball for you all. Here's a show that you probably wouldn't have thought of. I don't know how many people watch this show. I've seen about ten episodes of this show now. It's really, really good. Some of you might laugh that this is in my list. But once you hopefully watch it for yourself, which I very much I recommend all these shows, otherwise I wouldn't put them in the best list. Um, this is a show that is animated. It is for younger audiences. It's aimed at younger audiences, but anybody can anybody can watch it. It's a family friendly show. This is DC Superhero Girls. Um, this is a really good show. This is a really really good show. And for those of you that want a bit more Wonder Woman content, some Batgirl content, some Supergirl content, you know, if you miss Supergirl the TV show, uh, or if you miss the Wonder Woman films, not that anybody wanted, the, the, not that the second one was good, but um, uh, yeah, for those of you that want some better Wonder Woman content than the second film, first film great, second film not so much, uh, for those of you that want some Batgirl content, maybe to kind of prep yourself slightly for the upcoming film, not that it's going to be the same version or whatever. Obviously, this is written differently tonally. Uh, this is a really great show in on the U- in the UK. Sorry, it's on Netflix. There are fifty two episodes for a season one. I'm not sure about the rest of the show, but that's plenty of episodes to get into. This is really good. It's really really fun. Uh, of course, it is aimed at a younger audience, um, but uh, there's also a game attached to it as well. So if you watch this show and you like it, which I did, there's a very good game. Like a surprisingly like a sort of you had no right for this to be that good kind of game. Um, I did review that game itself. It's available. It's the same name as DC Superhero Girls. I think it's only available on Nintendo Switch. And something very notable about that game. There's been a lot of discussion over the years about how do you do a Superman game, right? Now in this game you can play as I think pretty much any of the characters. You can switch between Supergirl and Batgirl and... You can play as like um, uh, Harley Quinn and all these other different characters. Wonder Woman, really great to play as. There is a very interesting baseline idea for how Supergirl... Because you could use the same powers, right? How Supergirl operates in this game. Because one of the very interesting mechanics that they introduce is... Because Supergirl still has her, you know, breathing ice powers or whatever, the um, heat vision thing. She can still fly around. She can punch things. She can knock things about. She's got her uh, like a super ability thing that you can do. But Supergirl in the game, as well as all the other characters, can be knocked back. Um, because people seem to forget. Like, sure, you can't shoot Superman. You can punch him through a building. If you have an enemy that's strong enough to do it. you, you Superman can be knocked around. I mean, watch Batman v Superman. You know. Um, it's just It was just a guy in a suit that was fighting. A, a guy with lots of training, but a guy in a suit that was fighting Superman. So, you can do that. You can absolutely make a Superman game. You just have to put in a very good mechanic to where, like, if you're doing some crazy, like, heat vision stuff and you're overpowered... Have it so an enemy can flank you and knock you around. It's how that works. It's how this works in this game. Um, or like a piece of a, or like a big brick would get thrown at you or something, or a, pe- a big piece of like earth will get thrown at you, um, and it will knock you back. But anyway, 
Uh, it's a very good game, highly recommend it, it's on Nintendo Switch. I don't think it's on any other platforms, so that's a bit strange, but anyway. Um, but the TV show to go with it is great, I recommend both anyway, but um, there's a little curveball for you. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra, so whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up Kualu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, cracking into the top five. A show at number five that I feel doesn't get enough love unless it's from the diehard fans. But you expect the diehard fans to love the things that they love. It's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's a really good show. It's a really, really good show. Um, Coulson, May, Sky, or whatever she was going as by the end of the series. Chloe Bennett, of course. You've got... um, Who is it that played May? Uh, She plays Fennec as well. I can remember all her character names, but I can't remember her name herself. Uh, Ming-Na Wen... Uh, she plays Fennec in the um, uh, Star Wars things. She's in like Bad Batch and all that kind of stuff as well. And of course from The Mandalorian. And Book of Boba Fett. Um, Coulson, uh, Greg Clark, of course, of Coulson. Uh, Chloe Bennett as Sky or whatever her, her name was by the end. It's a really good show. It's a really, really good show. And I'll say something else. It has a perfect ending. And that, that for me, because this is, it's a Marvel family friendly-ish, there's some parts later in the show that are a bit more violent. Um, it's a relatively family friendly show, it's a fun show, it's got that Marvel humour and comedy that most of us like. But what bumps it up on this list for me so much, and granted Superman and Lois hasn't finished, Jessica Jones sort of finished, Hawkeye will keep going, I don't know about the DC Superhero Girls show, Stargirl will keep going. What bumps it up this list for me so much, and is almost like a bonus point, is how good the ending is, how perfect it is. 
because that's a really, really big point for this show. And being emotionally invested in these characters for, what, six seasons or so? Um, yeah. This is a really, really good show. It, it, I think it's actually kind of... If I was to do an underrated list, which I don't think I'm actually going to do for Marvel and DC TV shows, it would. I, I think this is the most underrated Marvel and DC TV show. It will probably be at the top of that list. Because other than fans, that, diehard fans that really love it, this tends to get a bit of a mixed reception. And I don't really know why, actually. Some people have just kind of said, oh, it just it just didn't click for them. And, I, you know, if it's not your cup of tea, that's fine. Everybody's got what they like, right? But um, I think some people looked at this show and they're like, oh, it's Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's just the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. And they thought, like, oh, this show isn't going to have, like, superheroes in it. And I think it caught a bit of stigma for that. Of just like, oh, why do I care about, like, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Other than... Because people were attached to Coulson kind of from the start, obviously, through um, the Avengers film. But I think people looked at this and thought, oh, it's not the Avengers. It's not Thor and Iron Man and Captain America. You know, oh, it's just, again, just S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. But these S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are pretty damn good characters, you know. Um, But probably the most underrated on this list. Um... Yeah, so I, I really, really love this show and I really love these characters. There's a lot of talk at the moment about are some of them going to be in the Secret Invasion thing, mainly Chloe Bennett's uh, Sky character. As much as I love those characters, the ending of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was so good, I never need to see those characters ever again. Because I don't, I don't need... As much as it'd be great to see them, I, I, I don't need to again because their story was concluded so well and if they do come back in something else which I, I think I think at least Sky is probably going to um I think she might I don't know how that would like if it would ruin the ending of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. um because I was very sort of like emotionally satisfied with that ending like the credits rolled and I was like brilliant just you know you can you can close that book, put it on the shelf. So it's a nice finished piece, you know. So, but we'll see what happens. Um. Anyway, number four is going to be Watchmen. Uh, of course, the other DC show that's some people wouldn't look at as a DC show. Some people would look at it as just a different comic book show. But it is actually a DC TV show. Um. This had a was it nine? I think it was nine episodes. Really, really, really great run. And I look back on my, I think it was 2020 list. It was either 20, it was either 2019 or 2020 list. My best of TV list that year, and I put Watchmen at 15. I regret doing that. Yes, um, just because I make choices and have opinions, it doesn't mean that I always stick to them. And you don't have to, right? You don't have to always stick to your opinions. Um, but that is a ranking choice that I regret. I wish I put it higher up in the list. I can't remember what was like on the list at that point. That was like two years ago. But still. This is one of the best shows at doing bottle episodes. I, I In fact. Um, in fact I can't think of a show that does better bottle episodes than this. Because even some of the best shows out there that I can think of. Like a Breaking Bad. Shows like Breaking Bad don't really have like bottle episodes and stuff. I mean there was that one fly episode but. Again that wasn't technically a bottle episode but still. Um, 
Watchmen does... Watchmen is kind of very successful at doing what Fear the Walking Dead is trying to do. Which is, for certain episodes, focus on singular characters. But what Watchmen does so well, aside from just being a very well-acted, written, directed, you know, show, like your general qualities, it's very, very, very good. In fact, it's probably the best at still having a very clear overarching story, but somehow managing to focus on... um somewhat focus on individual characters for certain episodes not every single one of them but a good chunk of them and it really gets away with it quite well and that's one of its best sort of like tricks up its sleeve kind of thing but Watchmen is a phenomenal show uh probably on now or sky if you can find it on the stupid thing um probably on that and I would guess on HBO or HBO Max of some kind because it's a HBO show uh, number three, I'm going to put WandaVision. Um, I think this show was a game changer for the MCU, not just because it opened up the multiverse, but this was, of course, our first MCU proper TV show, because even though some of them are technically kind of sort of canon, because you've got the Defenders shows and the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show, which might be canon, although kind of are, but we'll, we'll see. Um, the one that is definitely more MCU canon is WandaVision, of course, with Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, Paul Bettany in the two lead roles as Wanda and Vision uh, starts off as this little sort of like sitcom thing you realise what's going on episode short and sweet uh, nine episodes I think in total and really just blew the MCU up and I remember I think saying in our review at the time I think I did a review with Robert and I was like this opens up so many doors for the MCU in terms of the multiverse and everything and also it was just a very very successful experiment not just in terms of what can you do with MCU TV shows, but um, what can you do with the MCU after that? You know, this is one of the very early... In fact, I think this was, because obviously it was supposed to be Black Widow first. Um, this was the first kind of, aside from Spider-Man Far, uh, no, uh, far From Home, um, this was the first kind of proper kind of like... Okay, we're post-Endgame, there's been some big changes, we've got to like figure out what we're doing now. This was one of the very first pieces of that, and I think that was very, very successful to do in that. Of course, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, phenom phenomenal performances. Uh, of course, you had, um, what was her name, Agatha. Uh, really good in there as well, so that was good. Number two um, is another show I think is a bit underrated, but wouldn't be I wouldn't put it over Agents of Shield as an uh, as an underrated show. Um, looking back on this show now, I miss this show compared to what has happened to the Arrowverse. Um, and it really, really sucks that the sort of spin-off follow-up that we were supposed to get never went forward. So I'm talking about Arrow. Now, <clears throat> Arrow Season 4 is an almost skippable season of TV. Y y you almost can skip it. Because there was even things afterwards that I think happened that retconned certain events of Season 4 of Arrow. Especially with Damien Dark. <clears throat> Granted, Legends kind of did some of that. And Legends is a very timey-wimey TV show, but still. That being said, the rest of the seasons, I, I I hear a lot about season three and like, oh, season three was really bad. I don't remember season three being quite bad. Uh, season one and two are the standouts. 
Um, it went up to what eight seasons, yeah. But from because they had a change at certain point with with Team Arrow, I think that was around season five or season six. But you had Juliana Harkvie's Diana come in. You had uh, an interesting change with Laurel. Uh, that was one of the mistakes of season four, but that was fixed very well later on. Uh, then they started doing this future stuff with Mia and with William and all these other characters, and it was brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. And I will say, although it massively stumbled, tripped and fell in season four, season five was a recovery season. The back half of season five really picked things back up, especially with, um, I think it was Vigilante and there was the Adrian Chase character. That was that content was really good. I think from that point onwards, you know, see, back half of season five, Season 6, 7 and 8. I don't really remember having too many problems with the show. And I remember enjoying the majority of that content. Um, And then Season 8. Season 8 demonstrated what the Arrowverse should have done this whole time. Because one of the biggest arguments against the Arrowverse, which I fully agree with, is why are we watching or having to watch 23 episodes of these shows? Because at one point, for a couple of years... There was five of these shows on at once, and it, although some of them were mid-season ones where they had 13-episode runs, you had a good chunk of, like, 10 to 15 weeks with certain annoying breaks here and there, where there would be five of these things on at once. So I think that, over over a long term, doing that, and some fans were, like, eating it up. They couldn't believe that they were getting, you know, Flash and Legends and Black Lightning and Arrow and, Super, you know, all, all these shows at, at one point. And, of course... Some of them ended and then, you know, some new ones came in, like uh, Black Lightning and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, having like three of these shows or four of these shows and having 23 episodes really kind of killed a bit of the momentum eventually. And they just sort of, they kept doubling down and doubling, doubling down on these shows. Um, and it started to really saturate things. And then, I don't know what happened to the Arrowverse post-crisis, but... <clears throat> The crisis event was supposed to be the thing that fully, like, everybody's on one Earth, everybody's sort of, like, next door to each other, and after that crossover event, which was kind of when Arrow actually ended, so Arrow sort of got out of things before it was too late, um, all of the show's writing qualities just went really downhill, really, really downhill, I don't know what happened. Um, after that, but Arrow sort of had gotten out just at that point. Um, but yeah, that um, what what Arrow did with its eighth and final season, which went against the twenty-three episode one run, which was they did ten episodes. The ninth episode, I think, was a special like Arrow and the Canaries, Green Arrow and the Canaries episode, which was really really good. That was supposed to be their backdoor pilot, and then I remember a couple of action sequences in that series finale. Whew. Really, really brilliant stuff. And ended pretty strong. Ended pretty strong. Not as strong as Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I still think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. had the best finale here. Um, But really, really brilliant. Really, really brilliant content. And, um... Yeah, it's sort of like... Arrow started to feel like it... Arrow did start to feel like, Okay, eight seasons. You can you can, you can, can end very nicely now. You know, you've you've just gotten to that point where you've... 
possibly outstage your welcome a little bit, but you've not run for too short of a time, so you just are ending at the right point. Because if you'd gone on for another season or two, you'd have really started to fall off a little bit. So it ended at just the right point. Um, but it, it did last ever so slightly a little bit too long, but ended at just the right point. Um, but after that ended and we were sort of like, okay, Arrow's done, eight seasons, good run. And then we went on with some other shows. And then I remember thinking at the time, like, Flash had a downfall and all this other kind of stuff happened. And I was like, can we get Arrow back? Can, can, can we get that back? But the, the thing is with, like, can we get that back? We were supposed to get a follow-up show. And that was that was supposed to probably be the thing where we re- we realise we miss Arrow, which is, I realise I miss that show now. But we're supposed to right now have Green Arrow and the Canaries. So that was supposed to be like a perfect replacement. Because uh, it would have freshened things up. And given us given us these characters that have been built up and everything. And then the CW killed it. So cheers CW for that. Uh, anyway number one. Um, is Daredevil. Best. I, I would argue best comic book show. Because, of course, you've got comic book shows like Umbrella Academy, The Boys, The Walking Dead as well, of course. Um, what other comic book shows have you got? Out of the comic book shows I can think of, I would probably say Daredevil's the best comic book show. Although, that, maybe there's one I'm not thinking of, which I'd maybe remember later and think, oh no, that one's better than Daredevil. But at the moment, that's what I'm kind of thinking. So, But in terms of Marvel and DC TV shows, top of the list here. Had an ever so slightly shaky second season. I still enjoyed season two, the Electra, the Electra storyline, and you had John Bernthal's Punisher introduced. That was brilliant. Um, by the way, I Punisher not on this list because I didn't finish season two, or was it season three? No, season two. I never finished it, so that's why Punisher's not on this list. Because uh, <coughs> as much as that was a great show. That fell victim to the Netflix 13 episode thing. So that's that's pretty much my uh, summary on that. But John Bernthal, phenomenal as the Punisher. No, no question there. Anyway, Charlie Cox as Daredevil. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, Vin- is it Vincent D'Onofrio? Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio as uh, Wilson Fisk or Kingpin. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Deborah Ann Wolf was that her name? As uh, Karen. Really, really good. And I can't remember the guy's name, unfortunately, but the guy that played Foggy, really, really good as well. That was your, like, group of four, wasn't it? No, group of, group of three, yeah. Your, uh, um, is it Matt Murdock? Yeah, Matt Murdock, um, of course, Charlie Cox, Karen, Foggy. That was a great team. And, of course, you had your, your villain, which was Wilson Fisk. Even in season three... You had season th- as an if we're going to talk individual TV seasons, by the way, Daredevil season three, yeah, Daredevil season three, really, really, really good uh, season. In fact, for not the phenomenal season, the bit the best season of a comic book show, I think. Um, the combination in that third season of what was his name, Bullseye, I think. God, he was such a good he was such a good character. There's a particular, and I mean, fight choreography. Fight choreography in this show can't be beaten. It can't be beaten. Brilliant hallway scenes, like one-shot hallway scenes. But then you had like 
the Bullseye Daredevil fight. God, that was so good. Um, and then you had, of course, Wilson Fisk of Kingpin. Brilliant, brilliant character. Um, that that is a that is a, that is a masterpiece of a of a season and a masterpiece of a show. Again, very slight knock against season two, very very slight one. But I tell you something: if you have a brilliant first season, and you have a very very small sophomore slump, I think that's what it's called. But then you come roaring back with your third season for a bit of redemption. Daredevil's a prime prime example of how to do that. And again, I very much enjoyed season two but it isn't as good as season one or season three but i still very much enjoyed it i still think it's a great season of tv but yeah you come in with the first season and everybody's like wow this is really good this is better than the, the film i've never seen the film by the way the uh, ben affleck film um and by the time i had by the time i had thought about watching it daredevil had already come out and i thought why would i watch this apparently worst version of daredevil when i have this tv show who knows? Um, which is interesting to me because Ben Affleck is a phenomenal Batman, probably the best Batman. So it, I'm gonna guess the problem there wasn't Ben Affleck as Daredevil because I I can't see how Ben Affleck would mess that role up. So it, I'm gonna say it was probably the writing or the directing or whatever. Again, I've not seen it for myself. So, but a better version came along with the Daredevil TV show, and uh, wow, yeah. And I'm really, really curious to see what Disney Plus can do with this. And for those of you that are like, oh, it's going to be disney fied, it's going to be PG-13. It probably will be PG-13. If you can get away with some of the stuff that you specifically did in Moon Knight, and especially what you could do in Doctor Strange. Because swearing aside, right, swearing's more where you put, like, that's more relevant to, like, Deadpool as a character. Because even Negan in the Walking Dead comic book TV show, Negan swears an absolute ton in the Walking Dead comic book. He doesn't drop one F-bomb in the Walking Dead. And he's still, of course, very, very well played by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's a phenomenal character in the Walking Dead. And you don't sort of miss his swearing. Deadpool's a bit of a different example, but still. Um, So swearing aside, like, on Disney, which you can't really do... um. If you can get away with the violent stuff that you could do in Doctor... Especially in Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, and in Moon Knight, I don't see why... I don't see why there would be a reason to tone down Daredevil's violence. Because you can literally have the same level of violence that's in Moon Knight and easily do that with a Daredevil show. Very, very... I don't see what the issue would be there. Um, So, yeah. And it's... It's quite because I'm, I'm sure Doctor Strange is supposed to be a P, multiverse of bandits is supposed to be PG thirteen, but um, there's some surprising and I, I'm like kind of desensitized to violence in like media and entertainment, but I'm still surprised with what they were able to get away with in that film. And if you can do that in an MCU property, you you could. There's no reason you can't do it in Daredevil. So we'll see what Disney Plus can do anyway. And all that kind of stuff. Anyway, that's my list. Um, Top 10 best Marvel and DC TV shows. I do plan on some point, possibly after I've done this episode, to do a top 10 worst Marvel and DC. Actually, I might do that. I might narrow that down to five. Um, But five um, uh, worst uh, Marvel and DC TV shows. I have already done, on the flip side, um, top five best and worst 
uh, films for Marvel and DC. You can look for those on the on the site. But um, yeah, it's so a top five best and top five worst Marvel and DC films. Again, that's um, not MCU specific, not DCEU specific. That's just Marvel and DC films. Uh, so you can check that list out. So I'm trying to do all four of them. But uh, I think with TV shows for worst, because I can't think of ten bad shows that we've had for Marvel and DC. Um, and again, I have to have seen them because I, I can't really put um, uh, what's it called Inhumans because I, I think I saw ten minutes of an episode, but that's not going to qualify really. So, anyway, thanks very much for listening. Uh, what do you think of the top five best Marvel and DC TV shows? Some of you are probably going to say Peacemaker. You're going to see Peacemaker in a different list of mine. <laughs> Coming up. Um, some of you might say maybe the uh, Batman animated series. I've not seen enough of that to really give that a full kind of put onto this list. Um, some of you, I, I know there's a lot of love out there for things like um, Doom Patrol. I've seen... One episode, I think, of Doom Patrol, so can't necessarily put it on this list. Uh, but anyway, what do you think? What do you think of my list? Um, and are you surprised to see the DC Superhero Girl show on there? It's a very, very good show, and uh, so it's a, it's a good bit of fun. So anyway, let me know your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments. Let me know your list or just a number one. Uh, what do you think? All that kind of stuff. Uh, Matthew at Entertainment Talk dot org, uh, Twitter eTalk UK. There's a contact page and information. In your show notes, there's also an email box on the website version of the episode. You can use that to get in touch and a clickable email name in your show notes. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org, TV, games, films, and May Night Podcast. Check out all of that. You can also support us by listening to more episodes that we've done, either on the site, entertainmenttalk.org, or podcast platforms, Entertainment Talk. You can also tell other people about our content, um, either by just telling them or using social media. You can also support us through Patreon. Uh, $1, $3 level tiers for ad-free podcasts and review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to uh, for all that. Uh, for your TV and your film news, if you'd like to know when these shows are coming back or if they are or your, your general TV and film news, there's a lot of air dates at the moment, so keep your eye on those air dates. There's a lot of shows coming up, uh, so keep your eyes out for that. Um, uh, you can do that by going to geektown.co.uk and finding Geektown Radio. Uh, Geektown Radio episodes come out on Tuesdays. Look out for those. Um, for other things you can find at other people's, you can find uh, Beck streaming pretty much daily over on Twitch. You can find her by searching for Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, uh, for her different streams. Uh, you can find me on Twitch as well at eTalkUK, and if you miss my different streams for gaming, the FIFA career mode episodes, the game clips, all that kind of stuff, you can find all the, that content archived on YouTube, which is Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks very much for listening, and I'll catch you for the top five worst of these same things for TV shows. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.